Do I need a speaker? Do I need the mic to this morning? Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all. It's been an amazing weekend with you. How are you doing this morning? Everyone have their coffee? How many coffees have you had this morning? <clears throat> Not enough, okay. <laughs> wow, it's great. Isn't my brother amazing? Yes. Pastor brother. I tell my wife she has to call me Pastor Honey. <laughs> that does not happen, by the way. Or Lord. No. <laughs> Sorry. That's a great way to start the day. <laughs> Talked with her this morning. <laughs> oh, isn't family amazing? It really is. It's a lot of work, isn't it? It's such an important, important ministry. And we've been kind of unpacking it this, this week and uh, this weekend. And, um, you know, we talked last night about how love looks forward. And I really, I really enjoyed preaching that message because aren't you glad that God looks forward? Isn't that good? He's looking at what he's prepared for us and not where we are. And he's leading us beyond ourselves. So. I want to kind of segue off of that a little bit this morning, and uh, but let's just have a prayer. And uh, just greetings from Baltimore, by the way. Just, just know that you're prayed for and thought of often, and uh, that you're important in the kingdom. You are important in the kingdom of God, and a part of us, and we're a part of you. Isn't that good? We're part of something great, and that's the Lord. So, Father, thank you this morning. And we're asking that you breathe on this morning, today. And uh, Father, we may think we know what we need, but you know exactly what we need. So pour out heaven in a personal way today and encourage hearts, uh, build in the places that maybe are wasted, uh, pour life into the dry bones today and uh, just give new vision, maybe where places are, uh, need to be revitalized and strengthen that which remains, Lord, in our hearts and do great things in our hearts and our families, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat> wow, okay. Whenever I move somebody, I always pray for the spirit of or the strength of Samson. You ever pray that prayer? That's a good prayer to pray. In Baltimore, I work with um, the pastoral care, but that really means you're a moving company, you make meals, you do visits, you know, it's like the pastoral care is like 99% in the trenches and maybe 1% in the pulpit. So, <clears throat> so I, I've been doing a lot of moving. By the way, you know you're loved when the people that come help you move. You know what I'm saying? You know who your friends are? Okay, anyway. Uh, so I always pray that, Lord, give me the strength of Samson and and the spirit of Elisha, and the wisdom of Solomon. So that's a good prayer, isn't it? It's a good prayer. So, all right, Ecclesiastes 10. Let's look there together. Um, We have just been really excited about families. Isn't it amazing that I I read something that still, still strikes me. It's like, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. I thought to myself, that is an interesting perspective, isn't it? Because we all have an idea of how to change the world, right? And, um, but really, God has given you and I a great steward of our kids and our wife and our husbands, right? That really, it starts at home first. And it starts with us first, really, before there's really a corporate expression of God and the work of God there's a personal connection. Isn't that good? So before a corporate expression, there's a personal connection. And I don't know about you, we're in a day and age where there's a lot of, um, just a lot of pressure, a lot of busyness. I'm amazed at how busy we are. Are you busy? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's okay if you talk back to me. It's okay. I'm not going to. I like that, so we're not. But are you busy? Yes. Two people are, okay. I think we're all busy. <laughs> I'm just being a little fun here. Rodney made, oh, by the way, shout out to Rodney. He made me uh, egg tacos this morning. 
And uh, whew, that's like the five-star treatment there. Sorry, Brandon, you missed it. We had all the tacos this morning, so. Rodney, what an amazing guy. I think, I think Friday or Thursday, yeah, Thursday we spent six hours talking about the Bible together. Isn't that amazing? Like, you think, like, what can you talk about for six and a half hours? But fellowship is beautiful. He really ins- has inspired, like, about ten different messages I'm going to preach. So, but that won't be today. I won't preach ten messages. <laughs> Just like, praise God. <laughs> All right, Ecclesiastes 10.10. So, think with me this beautiful thought that um, really God has given uh, such a uh, important calling and that is um, really to understand our role or to understand um, that, that our family is something very sacred and we want to guard those things that God has given, amen? We want to identify what is sacred and then guard it right? Like relationships, friendships, they're sacred. Our relationship with our pastor, our relationship with the word of God, our relationship uh, with the Holy Spirit, our most important relationship with, with God, it overflows to every other relationship. It should feed every other relationship. So we were saying this weekend that if I'm not healthy hor- uh, vertically, then horizontally things are going to suffer, Right? I'll somehow look for something in someone that only God can uh, really supply. And, and this is a beautiful verse. I think of it often in 1010. It says, if the iron be blunt and he does not wet or sharpen the edge, then he must put more strength. But wisdom is profitable to direct you ever seen that verse before? Ever worked with a, a dull axe before? It's very dangerous, actually. What happens with a dull axe? You hit the wood, what happens to it? What happens to it? It bounces, right? You hit that piece of wood and it bounces. And it's actually, it becomes like a, uh, a dangerous piece of iron, right? But when it's sharp... You don't have to use as much power, but it cuts in and splits the wood, hopefully. Right? I like these little um, wood splitters called the Geronimo. Anybody ever worked with the Geronimos before? Okay, got a bunch of lumberjacks in the, in the house today. Uh, it, it's an amazing uh, steel sharp um, piece of iron <laughs> that when you hit it with a sledge, it splits it right on the core of the wood. And if you work with an axe and it's sharp, it does so much more work than having to put extra pressure on it. Okay, so what does that mean today? Well, let's look over to Psalm 6. I want to, I'm sorry, Proverbs 6. In our families, we can get really busy. We can get Really, we can do so many things. Sometimes we can get in this mode that doing more is better. That somehow, if we're moving in 25 directions, I am more effective. But actually, in our spiritual life, God is constantly building an edge in our life. He's constantly building an edge where actually less is more. Where that strike of the axe splits the, uh, the wood the first time. Now, I don't know about you, I'm not much of a woodsman. Uh, I, I sometimes, when I swing the axe, I hit the piece of wood and it sticks on it, and then I have to pick up the thing and bang it down again. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you ever do that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this illustration's hitting home here, but a sharp edge, <laughs> sharpness, effectiveness, right? That less is more. It's just like worship today. We enter into the presence of God and we have a willing heart and God does more in a moment than I could do in 50 moments or 100 moments or 500 moments without him. Right? You ever try to change yourself or try to change somebody else or try to do something uh, for God without the spirit of God? That's a disaster. Right? 
It's like that dull axe. You, you hit the wood and it bounces and you, you got to almost kind of be careful because it might hit you. Right? And that's what happens. It's like in our families with busyness and work and life and schedules, there is such an importance to have a balance. Okay, let me, we were sharing this with the men recently, and I love illustrations because I like to think in pictures. Um, we were talking about um, a vessel, like a, a, bu- um, a bucket, okay, we could say. And you have three different types of uh, elements. You have large rocks, you have small rocks, and you have sand, okay? Now think about this with me for a minute. Now we could say the large rocks are Christ. We could say the small rocks are me, right? And then the sand is my desires, right? You follow me? Okay. So depending on, on how we put these three elements in the container will determine, and the order that we do will determine how much we can fill this container. Okay, let me illustrate. So if I put the sand in first, okay, and then the small rocks, the large rocks don't fit, right? Because there's not enough room. Because all the voids are not balanced correctly. But if you do it the other way around, if you put the large rock in first, the large rocks representing Christ, like you're doing here today, you're putting Christ first, and then you put the small rocks in, it kind of wiggles down where all the voids are, and then you have the sand that fills up all the cavities that, uh, you know, that were empty or now totally full. In that order, you and I have filled the container to its capacity. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's the same thing with Christ. As we put him first, our needs get met and our wants happen according to his plan. But if we put us first, guess what happens? God is boxed out. God, there's no room for God. I mean, how many of us have spoken to people and they've said, oh, I don't have time to go to church. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. And what is that? That's mismanaged priorities, right? Life is too busy. Now, I have a six-year-old, and, and uh, I don't know about you. I'm sure you that have kids, I think you guys have four kids, right? Three kids? One kid. Oh, my gosh. Who did I speak to that have four kids? Maybe that's prophecy. No. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I spoke to somebody yesterday. Oh, it was on the outreach. She had six kids. Excuse me. And I said, your life must be incredibly busy. And she just kind of rolled her eyes and went like this. And, um, and we were just encouraging her in her value as a mom. And we just said, you know what? God looks at what you do as a holy thing. God looks at what you do as, a, as an important thing. Uh, but I want to get back to this point for a minute. In Colossians 1, 15 through 19, it says that when we put Christ first, he gets the glory. He gets the glory. And isn't it amazing when we put Christ first, we see that our needs and our wants get met according to his plan. Philippians 4.19, right? But if I am first, then God somehow gets on the back burner. And that's, that's a tragic thing. So busyness, doing more, doesn't necessarily mean I'm more effective. Does that make sense? All right, so let's look at this for a minute. Proverbs chapter six. So when we're talking about, when we're talking about family, there are, there are beautiful roles that God has for the family, okay? And uh, I remember our pastor saying this, the best thing we can do as parents for our kids is love our spouse. Isn't that a good word? Best thing we can do is love our spouse. Now, does that come natural? I don't think so. Maybe in some seasons of relationships, it's very much of a passion and and it comes natural. But love is intentional, right? It's a choice. So as we are growing in our friendships, in our work relationships, in our family, knowing each other's role uh, keeps us sharp, right? I'm not going to ask my my six-year-old to make dinner, right? Because that, you know, we'll probably have macaronis and hot dogs, right? Right? But I want to have, have the person that God has prepared to do 
uh, what he is called or she is called to do. All right. So let's look at this in Proverbs chapter six, verse 20. And uh, I love these verses here in verse 23. It says, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart and tie them around your neck. Okay, what a picture there, huh? I want the neck speaks of the will, right? I want it to be something that directs you. I want that something to control or to uh, really uh, uh, be the guiding guiding, uh, element of your life. Now, uh, think about it. We can be like helicopter parents, right? You know what a helicopter parent is? You're just running around trying to control everything that happens in our kid's life, trying to make their decisions, sheltering them from being hurt or trying to shelter them as much as possible. Is that, is that, like a, is that maintainable, being a helicopter parent? It isn't. It's exhausting, isn't it? And life happens where uh, we can't control everything. Right. And that's a that's a beautiful thing, because we want to teach our kids how to think. Right. We want them to think so that when we're not there, they're able to respond the way they've been brought up in their values. Right. We want them to to uh, move with the same values that we have. And this is what the the writer is saying here. My son, keep your father's commandment, like understand your father's heart and what he stood for what it is from our heavenly father, right? And forsake not the law of your mother. Like uh, Rodney and I were talking about my mom recently. She's passed on. She's passed on. uh, It's probably been about 13 years, but I still remember the law of my mother. Like she was the spiritual engine of our family. And uh, like what she uh, stood for and what she was really uh, had passionate about I still remember it, right? Because it wasn't just something that we knew, but it was something that was part of us, right? It was drilled into us, right? All you moms out there, isn't that good? Just dr- <laughs> it's good, it's good. And you know this verse, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they grow old, they will not depart, okay? That's talking about what you have invested in your child. They may distance from you, but the words of God... And the truths of God will not be distant from them. So that, there's hope there. Isn't that good? That's hope. When they deviate and it's like you're trying to lasso them in, it's like God says, I'm with them. I'm with them. I'll bring them back. I will, I will never let go of them. That's great hope today for prodigal kids, right? Prodigal kids. You know, I was telling a lady on the airplane today, she says, I spent, I spent many years running from God. And I said, how'd that go for you? I said, how'd that go for you? And she goes, well, I didn't get too far. I said, you know why? She goes, why? I said, he's omnipresent. Every time you're running from him, you're actually running to him. She's like, I know. That was <laughs> That's a good thing, isn't it? God is so big. He's bigger than our sin. He's bigger than our foolishness. And he's bigger than our busyness. I don't know. Busyness has been on my mind today. Like, am I really, should I really be as busy as I am? And am I... Is the edge of my axe as really sharp as it needs to be for the warfare and the, the calling of my family? Like, it's beautiful. It's great to see you this morning. It's great to see families because there's such warfare against families, isn't it? There's such warfare there. And, um, and God loves our families. So, all right, let's look at this. You ready? You still with me? All right, 22. When you go... It shall lead you. When you sleep, it shall keep you. And when you awake, it will talk to you. Isn't this? What is this? This is the words of God. This is the words of truth that families uh, have uh, in their homes uh, and by the grace of God in their communication. For the commandment is a lamp and the law is a light and the reproofs of instruction are the ways of life, okay? Isn't that good? So, like communication, what am I speaking to myself? We kind of were talking about that this week. What are we talking to our spouse? Are we sowing life? Are we sowing 
uh, grace? Are we sowing forgiveness? Uh, the only way that's happening is if it's being done in our life personally. And uh, think about this. Wherever you go, it will lead you. What's leading us today? Maybe my bills are leading me. Maybe I'm stressed because of all the overextended obligations I have. I remember at one point in my life, it was hard to say no. Isn't it hard to say no sometimes? It's really hard. But that's a beautiful thing to do, right? You say no to the, th- to the, to the good things so the great things can happen, right? Does that make sense? I say, I want to say more yeses to God and more no's to people. That might sound backwards, but when we say yes to God, we know what to say yes to people about, right? Because that edge is important. Your edge is important. You are important in the kingdom of God. My family, our family is important. Because what can happen in a relationship is a marriage can be like roommates. It can be like a it can be like a railway track, you know, where you're just kind of maintaining your life and there's really no crossover points because we're too busy doing life. But when you and I are walking in truth and transparent and honest before God and honest before each other, there's the crossover points. And then there's real intimacy. There's real connections. And there's real life, right? Or it can be like a father-daughter relationship, right? Which is a little, it sounds uh, strange, but in a marital relationship, it could be like more instructive rather than affectionate. It can be more of a relationship of I'm the teacher and you're the student. But really, uh, healthy relationships are sharing and caring and intimacy and transparency, failure. We said this week that love is very messy. You ever notice that? Love is extremely messy. By the way, if love, if your love is not messy, it's not real love. How's that? That's kind of like, what are you talking about? Look at our walk with God. Like we are a mess, but God is so whole. He's so, um, he's so secure. And thank God that we said last night that his love leads us beyond ourself. Well, we're kind of saying a lot of things this morning, but notice what it, it will lead you. I love being led by God. God will lead you to places that you and I would never choose. I never thought I'd be in Texas, right? But I love being here. I got the Texas hat. My, my kids got the Texas hat and the Texas boots. We're like transplants, right? Yeah, there we go. Now I just physically got to be where my mouth is, right? leading us. He's leading. Look at this. God's truth will always lead you to life. God's grace will lead you to his love. Faith works by love. You know, God will never leave you where his grace won't keep you, right? It's amazing. So where are we being led today? Where are we being led today? Pressure, stress, anxiety, fear, these are the uh, environment of life. But you know what? God is leading us to rest. God is leading our families with wisdom. I'll be honest. Jeremiah 10, 35, we do not know how to lead our families. That's what it says. 10, 10 25. We do not even know how to lead ourselves. That's why we need the church. That's why we need each other. That's why we need a phone call, a prayer, a, hey, you know what? I have no idea what to do. Because we're, we're so easy to do the pros and cons. Are you familiar with that? Okay, there's more pros, so I'll do that. And there's, no, there's more cons over here. So by natural, uh, by natural um, you know, critical thinking, we're going to just dismiss that. But God might be saying, I'm leading you this way. I'm leading you. In your schedule, how about this? We might be task-oriented, Right? How many like tasks? I, I like, I like, I'm a production guy. I like to check the box. I like to see production, right? I'm teaching my six-year-old. He's earning marbles so he gets prizes. Chores at six years old. I'm like a taskmaster. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> we spoil my kid. I mean, he's great. It's great. Uh, yeah, so task orientation. That's not our spiritual life. I am not better because I'm doing more. 
not task orientation. What is it? It's, it's a God consciousness. If I'm more aware of God today than yesterday, if I need him more today than yesterday, if I am uh, uh, in an honest way saying, God, if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. Guess what? We are growing in God consciousness. Isn't that good? God's not asking me, okay, what'd you do today? And if you did these 36 things, I'm going to, I'm going to give you like some brownies. No, no. God is saying, did you meet me today? Did you, did you let me lead you today? Because sometimes, you know, I might be like, okay, this is, this, this is going to be the obvious thing. And God might say, I want you to stop and spend some time with this person. You know, let me hijack your schedule. Let me hijack it all. Just throw it out the window. But God, I got so much to do, to do today. Is my word leading you? Is my grace leading you? Is my love leading you? And we're like, I, you know what, Lord, only you know, right? Only you know. I, I, I want to be tuned into that. So when we're leading our families, when we're leading our families, it's, there's a lot of prayer. I, I don't know about you. There's a lot of prayer. My wife's prayer, uh, her prayer is powerful. I think it's a sustaining power. A praying wife, right? How many praying wives do we have here, right? If the husband is honest, if we're honest, we're standing here today, right? Because someone's praying for us, right? It's incredible. All right. How you doing so far? Are we okay? Can we keep going? You're awesome. You're such good listeners. I was telling my brother, I love preaching down here. You're easy to preach to. No one's throwing things at me yet. All right. So we're in Proverbs 6, right? When you sleep, it will keep you. What happens when you sleep? Huh? All sorts of stuff. Okay. Are we, are we aware of what's going on when we're sleeping? Right? I'm not going to talk about Rodney's bed, but he made this bed. It's like this amazing I probably got the best night's sleep I have in a long time in that bed so anyway Rodney they're all going to come sleep in your bed now so um, yikes <laughs> uh, when we're when we're not aware when we don't know what to do when we're totally incapacitated what does the word do it keeps us it guards us it stands watch over us and don't we need that in our families today with the gender confusion, with the sexual uh, confusion, the unbelievable uh, perversion that's going on? The word is keeping us, it's defining us, and it's balancing things that can easily become imbalanced. Let me show you an interesting verse here. Romans chapter one. Uh, just keep your hand in Proverbs six. I don't know about you. I need the Lord to keep me because the, the, the mind can be like a runaway train. It really can. But grace, imagine grace keeping me. We said last night that the devil only makes it about my performance, right? What does God make it? Can anybody remember? What did God, what did, what did God, what does God Make it. It's not about my performance. It's about what? Anybody remember? Yeah, it makes it about him, right? And his nature, grace. The devil says you're not doing enough. The devil says you're not spiritual enough. You're not praying enough. That is all performance driven. But when it's about God, it's, it's, it's very different. It's what Jesus has done. Isn't that releasing? The pressure's not on you today to perform. It's not about how many things I'm doing. It's, it's the spirit in which I'm doing it. It's not, it's not comparing myself with my neighbor or trying to compete with my neighbor. It's really raising my family in the Lord. This is a big deal. Raising our family in the Lord. That is no small potatoes. That is no small potatoes. Like... So the, the man is the pastor, provider, and protector of his home, right? We got the protector part down pretty good. 
provider part, the six-day work week, right? Some are seven-day work weeks, right? But what about the pastor in the home? Where am I leading my family? Well, if God is leading me, I will be able to lead my family. And I don't know about you, I was joking with my wife recently. You know, we bought a washing machine and it came with a manual. There was more instructions that came with that washing machine than I had when my kid was born. There was nothing. No, no manual came out with a kid, you know. It's like, bam, here he is. And it's like, Lord, how on earth am we going to do this? And my wife had preeclampsia, so she was in the hospital for like six days after Carson was born. And so there I am at home with a newborn. That was pretty incredible. And thank God for my sister, because I had no idea what I was doing. I was falling asleep, standing up with my kid in my hand. I'm like, I was exhausted. Anyway, the best thing you can buy someone that has a, a newborn is a Starbucks card. Just a little hint here. Just <laughs> but, I mean, there was no instruction with Carson and um, whew, a Hebrews card. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Starbucks, I know that's blasphemy around here. I still can't talk the lingo in Starbucks. I go into Starbucks and I have a small coffee. And you know, they give me like this, they give me this look like it's a, it's a venti, extra or tall, extra hot, whatever. And I'm like, just give me a small coffee. <laughs> All, right. All right, where did we go from there? We got a little rabbit trail. Okay, Romans 1. You still with me today? Our family. Praise God. Don't we need a balance in our family? Oh, Lord, we need a balance in our personal life. Oh, we do. All right, Romans chapter 1. This is an interesting chapter, but I love these verses here. And this chapter can really, there's a lot of emphasis in this chapter, but uh, look at this verse in verse 21. It says this, because that... When they knew not God, they glorified him not as God. You see that statement? Because when they knew not God, they glorified him not as God. And I think that's a beautiful thing about the keeping power of God. When we know God, when we know his nature, we're able to glorify him as God. Right? Does that make sense? They were not thankful that they became vain in their imaginations. Look at verse 23. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like the corruptible man. Okay? And then 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. How do I change the truth of God into a lie? Well, I do it by misrepresenting the heart of God. Now, fortunately, we grew up in a home where our parents were very passionate about their faith, but they also were passionate about the character and nature of God. It was not a legalistic home. But legalism is when the law is above the nature and character of God. And I change the, who God is into something that he's not. And this is where things get imbalanced. This is where things get broken. But when we uh, allow God to be who he is and we know him according to his nature, guess what? Our edge gets sharp. Our words get sharp. And sharp in the sense of they're effective. They're effective. I don't have to say a thousand words. I can say five words. And they're filled with the Spirit. Uh, just discipline, just, uh, you know, talking to my kid when, when, when he does something wrong, it's like, I don't have to push his face into the problem and say, you know, make him feel bad about it. Instead, we can instruct him in the Lord and uh, instruct him so that God's word will keep him and will change him. Does that make sense? It's important. It's important that grace culture be in our marriage, a grace culture, a grace word a merciful action, right? 
Because a soft word turns away what? Wrath. Ever met a wrathful person? Ooh. We all have, right? And if you challenge them, it's like I remember walking home uh, in the Ukraine. We used to have, uh, we used to live in the countryside, and sometimes stray dogs would follow me, which was not a good thing. So I'd always keep like food on me or some bread, and I'd just like throw bread just to kind of distract them. Anyway, that worked for a little bit, and then I ran. <laughs> uh, but if you look at a dog eye to eye, guess what? You're challenging them and they will amp up and maybe come at you. It's the same thing in a relationship. It's, if you meet anger with anger or fire with fire, you both are consumed, right? Yeah. But a soft answer, 15-1 of Proverbs, a soft answer is like, hey, I don't have to win the argument. I want to win the heart. I want to win the heart not just the argument. I might actually lose the argument, but I might win the heart. You know, I saw a funny meme last night, and it, it, it talks about a guy, his, his bed was out in the, in the driveway, and, and the meme said, um, I'm relaxing after my argument with my wife. <laughs> his bed is in the driveway. Okay. There's an example. Like, winning is not always winning. Like, you know, oh, yes, I won. But where are you? Are you being led closer or further? Okay. All right, notice this here. And then let's turn back to Proverbs for a minute. Chapter 6, verse 22. Okay, so it leads you, it keeps you, and then it talks with you. Don't you love that about the Bible? It's talking to you. When you and I are discouraged, and I'm going to close here in a few minutes, right? How much time do I have? No clocks in here, that's dangerous. Another five minutes, is that okay? You okay for another five minutes? Do I hear 10? 15, 10? All right. Sorry, for those that don't know me, I'm a little bit strange, but all right. The Bible talks to us, isn't that good? It talks to you, it encourages you. I was thinking about fathers today Fathers, it's like I was talking to a jail chaplain and uh, he's been a jail chaplain for 40 years. He says, you know what? Over 85% of the men in the jail houses, uh, one of the contributing factors is because they don't have a dad. They don't have a good relationship with their dad. I thought, oh my gosh, fathers are so important. If you're a father, that's the best thing you can do is give Christ to your kid. And, and, and even, or your wife for that matter, and for yourself for that matter, because the words of God will lead you to life. It'll be a light unto your path. Because there's so much, many of us just kind of groping in the darkness, but the word is a light unto our path, right? It's a light unto our feet and a light unto our path. You know, I talk to a lot of people that don't have a good relationship with their dad. You know what the best thing we can do in a relationship that's not good is to forgive the offender. You know, it's not a good relationship, so I'm just going to forgive them before God because I'm not their judge. And you know what happens? You know who's released? is you and I. When we forgive each other, we're released. One writer said it like this. It's like, when I hold a grudge, it's like drinking poison and looking at the other person expecting them to die. But who's going to die? I'm going to die. If I hold on to that toxicity, then I'm not my, uh, the voice that I'm hearing is not a voice of truth. It's a voice of condemnation. It's a voice of, of accusation. But the voice of grace, what grace is going to always teach you and I the character and nature of God. Because let's be honest, none of us have a perfect situation. But thanks be to God, we have a perfect provision. Every time. You have a perfect provision. Maybe you have a teenager at home. Wow. What's the greatest thing we can do for our teenagers? Love them. Be an example to them. And be not give up on them. Even in mistakes. Even in problems. You know, sometimes we forget that we made a lot of problems and a lot of mistakes, right? Oh, I never did that. Really? Not that we need to go into that, but the issue is we keep it Christ-centered. Okay, 
And notice this. I love this. It will talk to you. What is it going to say to you? What is it going to say to you? It's going to lead you into light. It's going to lead you into instruction. And it's going to lead you to life. Okay. So good. So good. All right. All right. One last verse. Luke chapter 9. Family. Fathers. I just want to encourage fathers, you know. Working hard. Moms. Work, you know. Serving, nurturing, working incredible hours. I, you know, one writer, they did a uh, kind of a comparison of how much a, uh, a mom should make in the world. You know, what, what kind of financial compensation should they get comparatively to a corporate person? All that they do, it's like six figures. They, they tallied it up and the moms should make six figures. Why? Because they're doing only 25 things. <laughs> You know, the man comes home and, and, and he has worked hard and, and we can't compare apples to apples there. But just to say that you two together, working together, uh, the Lord gives the increase. Amen. Because otherwise, we, we could give up. And that's when we, we only lose when we give up. Right. We only lose when we give up. Right. So life may be hard. But it's not impossible. Why? Because we're being led and we're being uh, instructed by God. All right. So last verse here, Luke chapter nine, verse 24. And I, I hope I hope that this weekend has been encouraging for you. I, have you been encouraged this weekend? Yeah. I hope so, uh, because uh, we're all learning this thing called life, but it's life in Christ. Now, before I read Luke 9, remember the rocks. Remember the rocks? What goes in first? Brandon, what, okay, the, the big rocks, right? Christ. If I can keep saying, okay, Lord, you first, okay? Not my will, but yours. It's amazing how everything else happens. It's amazing. It really, I'm living testimony of that. I'm sure you could testify too. But when I'm first, when the sand goes in and then the little rocks and the big rocks, something gets missed, right? But when Christ is first, and that's why I just encourage you, guard yourself from busyness. Or Jesus said, occupy till I come back. Like, I want to be busy with the right things. I want to be busy or engaged with the right things. Amen. And we can just say no to the devil. We can say no to the good thing and make room for the great thing. All right. And the Lord will show you what that means. The Lord will show you what that means. No one can tell you uh, what you should be doing. Right. We can only encourage you and God will be your guide. Right. Okay. Uh, 924. Whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. Okay. I try to save my family. I remember growing up in my brother could testify that we were always at the church. And I'm not saying that always has to be like that, but in our situation, uh, we were there at the church. And my youth pastor, literally, I could tell you today, I'm standing here because of his, uh, his passion for God, his example for God, and his, uh, he was always in my face. Remember him? Yeah. Tom Farrington, he was in our face. And he would not let me go. And I remember one time in youth class, I was 14, and there I'm sitting there trying to be cool, right? And which did not happen so well, <laughs> you know. And he said, we have a special guest speaker today, a room full of teenagers, right? We have a special guest speaker today, and we're excited to have him with us, and so happy to hear a word from him. All right, Jason Moore, come on up and speak to us today. And I'm thinking, is there another person named Jason Moore here? He would constantly do that. He would just totally catch me off guard. He would constantly just surprise me. And you know, he just, he would not let me go. Thank God for youth pastors like that. Thank God for people in our life that won't let us go. They won't let us wander, right? They got a long leash on us, right? And I'll never forget him. He would, you know, I remember him one time, and I don't recommend this, but took me behind the gym and beat on me a little bit because I was being arrogant and I needed it like we need that probably that shouldn't be a good thing to say out loud here but this is before all the anyway 
Let's just stop right there. He was in my face. And it was the best thing. It was the best thing. And because he saw something in me I did not see. Right? Thank God for people like that. Thank God for people like that. Thank God for parents like that. Thank God for friends like that. That won't let us wander off a cliff. They are constantly ministering life. So, closing. All right, so this is good. Whosoever shall save his life will lose it. Oh, boy, this is a good word. You know, and then I just will close. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake will gain it back. So what you're doing today is not a waste. Raising your children in, in truth, no matter how awkward it is in the world, who cares about the world? We're pilgrims. We are sojourners. Uh, we, are, we are not interested in being like the world. We want to be like Christ. And we gain so much more. We gain so much more. Amen? So as we consider relationships today, let's uh, keep putting in the big rocks, the small rocks. Let's keep putting in the sand. Let's keep it in the right order. And uh, let's believe God for great things in our family. Amen? All right. Precious Father, thank you today for these thoughts. And help us, Lord. Give us wisdom. Give us your wisdom. Direct our path. Sharpen the edges, Lord. We want to be effective. We want to be connected. We want to be anointed. And we want to really um, pass down to the next generation uh, your spirit, your calling. And uh, thank you, Lord, today. We want to be that kind of friend. We want to be that kind of example to people where they're, where they're saying, wow, there's something different about you. And uh, you got something I want. You got, you got a purpose that I need. So Father, help us, Lord. Lead us. Guard us. And keep us. Thank you, God. And bless this church. Just bless each one here today. Bless our families. Uh, bless those contacts yesterday, Father. Just really minister life, healing, and just keep speaking grace into our life. Keep speaking hope into our life. Speaking vision into our life. Lord, thank you today. We want to hear that voice clearly. We want the other voices to be muffled. We want that still, small voice to be shouting in our life. Thank you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.
God, I thank you for Jason, for the word. I thank you for, for all of those who gave up their time to come and, and just fellowship with us. God, we pray that as we go out, we'll be, God, that we'll be beacons of your light. That we'll shine to our neighbors, that we'll shine to our family, that we'll shine to our co-workers. The love and the grace of Christ. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Guys, there's a meal ready. It's free. We welcome everybody to stay, share, eat with us. Thank you. Thank you.